know what time it is, the clock's not wrong All blown up on ringscoops.com We bring a unique take on the world of pro wrestling It's evident, no debate, we're better than we ever been We do it like no other podcast can We're the best, get hit with the suplex, man So don't get it twisted like a sharpshooter Yo, here we go, here we go Brainbuster, piledriver, moonsault, tombstone Superman punch to the dome Hello wrestling fans all around the world, coast to coast. This is all blown up on ringscoops.com. I am your host, that Ring Scoops guy. Recording this on Tuesday, May 19th, 2020 at 6.23 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Putting a timestamp out there in case anything changes between the time I'm recording this and the time that you are hearing this. There's been a lot of stuff going on uh, just from the last episode of the podcast. I'm going to start off with uh, very sad news. I'm sure everyone out there by now have, has, has heard this and they're, they're aware of this. Former WWE superstar Shad Gaspert, uh, one half of crime time, has been missing since Sunday May 17th, uh, he was last seen at the uh, Marina Del Rey Beach. Um, according to TMZ, it says uh, uh, the Shad and the Sun were among a group of swimmers caught in a strong rip current around 4 p.m. with lifeguards racing into the water to pull everyone out. Um, Gaspard's son was rescued, but the 39-year-old pro wrestler has not been located. Um, one official working with the LA fire department told media that they believe the 39 year old did submerge divers went, uh, to scour the area and helicopters searching from above one eyewitness at the scene tells TMZ that when lifeguards raced to the ocean, Gaspar directed rescuers to help his son first, which they did. And during the rescue, they were told that another big wave crashed down on, uh, Shad and, um, that was the last time that he was seen. And uh, Chad's family released a statement um, saying, quote, we would like to express our gratitude to the first responders who uh, rescued, um, I don't know how to pronounce the son's name, but it was Chad's son, um, and uh, to the lifeguards and coast guards, divers, fire and police departments for their continued efforts to help find our beloved Shad. Um, as a family, we'd like to thank you for your concern and well wishes. Please continue to keep sending your positivity and prayers to the beloved Shad. Uh, Shad is a fighter, a warrior, and a magical soul. We're hoping and praying for his safe return. As a family, we'd like to thank you for your concern and well wishes. Please continue to send positivity and prayers to our beloved Shad from the entire Gaspard and uh, Chittick family, end quote. Um, sad, oh my God, sad situation here. Um, WWE Today and Vince McMahon's Twitter released uh, you know, a statement um, saying that their, their thoughts are with the, the family of Shad Gaspard and, um, and whatnot during this difficult time. 
And uh, TMZ also reported an update today. Let me refresh the uh, news report just in case by the time I hit record earlier and and right now there's not another update. Um, So the update today at 8.22 a.m. Pacific time today, uh, May 19th, says that the search to find uh, Shad Gaspart has been suspended, the U.S. Coast Guard uh, told TMZ. Um, there was still one boat out there this morning searching, but it's become very clear that the chances of finding the former WWE superstar are fading fast. Um, the TMZ went on to say that, uh, we're told the case will not be closed until officials find the missing person. But for now, the efforts have been drastically scaled back. So that's, I just, uh, I don't I I don't know what to say. It's a sad situation. It sucks, you know? Shad and his son were out there on a the beach just trying to enjoy themselves. And M- mother nature is a, a cruel beast. It really is. It it's not forgiving at all. Um very, very, very unfortunate situation. I hope, I really hope a miracle happens and 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 he shows up and and he's still alive. You know, it's um doesn't look good though. And uh, I'm definitely praying for uh, for him to show up to be safe and healthy. And be alive. I really am. Uh, I I feel. I feel for the family, man. Shad, uh, I don't know if anybody remembers. Um, a few years back, when he stopped that armed robbery at a convenience store. You know that was that was like some real life superhero stuff right there. You know. And if it if it turns out. That he is no longer with us due to what happened on the beach. His last act on this earth was putting his son uh, um, above himself, telling you know them to telling the the rescuers to to go after his son instead of him first. And that's that's an amazing act right there. That's. That's love, that's strength, that's that's courage. That's, um, I don't want to sound like a broken record, man, but because this whole this whole situation just blows. It really does. It's it's Shad. I, I never met the guy. I didn't know him. I never talked to him. But from what other people are saying, and of course, like years ago, stopping the uh, the robbery in the in the store, and, and him, you know, saving his son the way he did, seems like a, a very honorable man, like a, a man that I think that a lot of us, you know, should strive to be more like in this world. I think if a lot of us were more like. A guy like Shad Gaspard, I think the world would be a little bit better of a place. 
if we would just show, you know, that same kind of compassion and, and whatnot to, uh, looking after the welfare of other people and, and, and just, just trying to be a, a good person in general, I think, you know, life would just be a lot better. I really do. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm praying for the best, man. I really am just like everyone else out there in the world. You know, there's, I've seen, I've seen some horrible takes on this whole thing. You know, people trying to make it about either themselves or people trying to make it, you know, political and whatnot. It's just unfortunate. Nobody, nobody, you know, seems like they could just show some decency, you know, show some decency, man. Show some respect. Uh, change of pace here, uh, on the show. Um, something interesting happened over the weekend. Uh, according to Mike Johnson, the PW insider, um, which I think Ryan Satin first broke the news about this, but then he had to put a retraction retraction out there because he, he didn't have the full report. Mike Johnson, the PW insider did. But it says uh, uh, this past Friday on SmackDown, Drew Gulak versus Daniel Bryan um, was Gulak's final match in the WWE as of right now. WWE quietly moved Gulak to the alumni section of the, the website uh, that afternoon on, on, on Friday. But they're saying that uh, Gulak was not released. That uh, PW Insider confirmed with multiple sources that Drew Gulak's contract with the WWE expired after SmackDown was taped. And that they were being told that both sides had been discussing a new deal and had not yet come to terms on a new deal before the existing deal expired. So it kind of put Gulak in an interesting uh, position because he's been getting a lot of TV time. He, his name is definitely bigger now than it was when he first started. It was, hell, it was bigger now than it was three months ago, right? Because of this this program, this uh, story that they're doing with him and, and Daniel Bryan. And because his contract expired and, and he wasn't fired and he wasn't released or any of that stuff, they didn't come to terms with a, you know, a, a release, then that means that there's no 90-day uh, no-compete clause. So that pins him in a very interesting spot because he can show up anywhere he wants. AEW, you know, live show tomorrow. They got a pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, coming up. It's going to be live, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Drew Gulak can show up on that and and have no consequences as far as, uh, you know, contractual consequences with WWE. They may frown upon it and say, we don't want this guy for a while, you know, if he shows up. But... Um, it's just, that's an amazing situation right there, man, because I think uh, Drew Gulak's profile, the way it had been raised the last couple of weeks, the last two, three months, um, he can go anywhere he wants and earn top dollar. You go to AEW, he's probably going to get a pretty good contract. He goes to Impact, uh and Anthem's probably going to pay him some some good money. Um, those really are the only ones still running at at this time right now. Um, I think slowly over time, in the next like month or so, 
I think some of the smaller, I don't know, it's going to sound like an oxymoron, right? Some of the smaller, bigger known uh, entities will start running again as, as things slowly start to reopen here in the country. Uh, New Japan's not running any shows right now. But um, that's where this whole situation is kind of interesting because of, you know, the timing, no compete contract, uh, you know, no, no clause. Um, the prominent spot that he'd been featured in the last couple of months on SmackDown with Daniel Bryan. So he's he's the cherry on top of the Sunday here. Right, everybody goes for the cherry first. I know, I you know, I maybe you don't. I I do. I get a, I get a nice ice cream sundae. I go to Sonic, get one of those. First thing I like to do, you know, is you take that cherry and just just gobble the cherry up. Then you go for the ice cream. Sitting in the casino, you play sitting there at a machine. You know, and the cocktail waitress comes by. You know, I don't. I once in a while I get a screwdriver or something, or you know, Long Island iced tea. But for the most part, I usually get the soda. So I say, uh, give me a, a, a Pepsi with uh, two or three cherries in it, right? So I get the cherry. I, all right, I'm just going on way too long. This is not even about your gulag anymore. But anyway, you you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, you, know, you I hope you guys get what I'm saying. But um, moving on, uh, with you know, if he can go uh, gulag, if he goes to AEW, I think um, he'll be a big name there. I think he's he's got what it takes be a big name anywhere he goes he's a tremendous talent i've been a fan of his since the day i saw him at wrestling cares association back in 2013 that's the first time that i had uh, seen him i saw a submission match between drew gulak and uh, timothy thatcher and it was just just downright amazing i forgot that night that i was there to work i i was i was sitting there because i was i was running music and the scoreboard for the tournament that year. I forgot that I was there to work. I was sucked into that match between those two guys. It was just amazing. But if Gulak goes to AEW, big surprise because he might show up tomorrow on the broadcast. Who knows? Or double or nothing. Right? The May 23rd. That's this Sunday or Saturday. This Saturday. AEW runs their pay-per-views on Saturdays. I forgot about that. But yeah, it should be interesting. It's just speaking of AEW and, and Double or Nothing, here's some big news here. And this one shocked the hell out of me when I first heard about this. Uh, former undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, who at 53 years old wants to fight again, will be presenting the brand new TNT Championship for All Elite Wrestling at their next pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, on May 23rd. Mike Tyson... That's right. Mike Tyson, man. Mike Tyson's going to be a double or nothing. And you know what's funny? Is a lot of people are like, oh, man, how'd they get this deal so fast? I don't think that this was something that just happened in the last 30 days or so. This had to have been in the works for a while. Because this was going to... This had to have realigned with him training to get back in the ring. This had to have also been um, aligned perfectly with... You know, if the pandemic had not happened, where's Double or Nothing taking place? It's the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, right? The MGM Grand is like synonymous with big boxing fights. And when you talk about big 
box office boxing names, Mike Tyson is at the top of that list, along with Evander Holyfield and George Foreman and Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. You know what I mean? And uh, Mayweather. And it, this was going to. This should have been huge. I mean, it's still going to be big that Mike Tyson's going to be presenting a championship, and it's for AEW. But if there was a live crowd, there was no pandemic, you had a live crowd, you were in Las Vegas, you're at the MGM Grand, and out comes Mike Tyson. That's going to turn heads, man. You know, and I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not an avid watcher or viewer of AEW. I keep kind of tabs on like what's going on, who's in it, some of the storylines. I watch some of the clips here and there, but I don't watch it religiously through and through. But Mike Tyson being there, even if it's just to present a championship, because I love Mike Tyson, is enough interest to bring me. In. And it's I, I want to use a term, and it's weird to use it because it's a wrestling show. It's a wrestling pay-per-view, and I'm a wrestling fan. been a wrestling fan for about 30, 31 years. But crossover, crossover appeal. It's, it's, like I said, it's funny, right? Because like, I watch wrestling. I'm a wrestling fan. But I, I'm not necessarily a fan of AEW. But they're going to get me to watch that clip. And if they're smart, just like WWE's done in the past and any other organization has done in the past when they try to bring in celebrities for crossover appeal, they need to do something with it. Mike Tyson, somebody needs to get in Tyson's face. Tyson needs to uh, confront somebody or react to something, but something needs to happen. Who would that person be? I would love for it to be a guy like MJF. Can you imagine Mike Tyson's out there? Because remember, when Tyson showed up on Raw 98, and that glass broke and you heard the music, and you saw Steve Austin walk to the ring. You could feel it. Something was about to happen that you talk about, not for years, but for decades on end. I hope we get that kind of moment. I'm pulling for it, man. I'm pulling for it. I want something with Mike Tyson and MJF. Can you imagine Tyson's out there? He's presenting the title. Because Cody, I think, is in the finals, right? What if Cody wins the belt? Mike Tyson's there presenting it. And you restart this. I mean, I don't know. If, I shouldn't say restart. I, I don't even know if they're still feuding or if they stopped the feud. But I know that Cody and MJF had something going on months ago, right? But MJF comes out. And he starts talking crap to Cody. And then he starts talking crap to Tyson. And Tyson knocks out MJF. Eh? <laughs> that is a sports center moment. That is a moment that's going to get people to have their eyes not on just AEW, but they're going to be like, dude, MJF is the guy that got knocked out by Mike Tyson. And you can have a guy like MJF just milk it like crazy have him with a neck brace on 
Have him with uh, bandages on his face. Something, man. Uh, you know, like Bob Orton had that cast on for years, right? Can you imagine, like, MJF had a black eye for a year? That that punch from Mike Tyson was so powerful that the black eye didn't go away for a whole year? And that would be funny. It would be, it'd be great. And it wouldn't be over the top. It wouldn't be obnoxious. It wouldn't be cartoonish. It would just it would it would match MJF because he's he's the rich boy that is at your school that's always driving his brand new cars that mommy and daddy bought for him while you're over there working at Subway for twelve hours uh, a day just to get you know pennies on the dollar to be able to buy a, a new mountain bike so that's your transportation and mommy and daddy's paid for mjf is mjf's uh you know porsche and it's ferrari and his mercedes and all that shit right and you just you just want to go up and you just, just want to knock him out you want to knock reality into him and mike tyson is the guy to do it you get cody to win the title mjf comes out restarts some stuff tyson knocks him out you have mjf milking it for weeks and you have Cody poking fun at him every once in a while. And you got a nice program going. And that could last for months. Until MJF finally musters up the courage to say, you know what, Cody? I'm going to shut your mouth. And they have a title match. And then, of course, you get MJF the title. And you let him run with that thing. And you groom him. So this time in a year, we're talking, that MJF is going to go into double or nothing for a, a world title match. And we're going to be talking a year from now about how MJF is this generation's Stone Cold Steve Austin in terms of popularity, in terms of revolutionizing a company and bringing the box office draw to an organization. That's what I would do. That's just my idea right there. I like that. Um, you know, there was, uh, there was uh, something I wanted to, to, to share. It's just a funny little story, um, somewhat wrestling related. Uh, the other day I was talking to my friend Mac and we were talking about, you know, like our neighborhoods and whatnot, right? Uh, some of the grievances that I have in my neighborhood, some of the grievances he has in his, and we're talking about how, when we first moved into our neighborhoods and compared to now, which I, I apologize for the sniffling over here. It's allergies just my nose just wants to keep running so i apologize for that but i was telling um my buddy when we first moved here in the neighborhood about 20 years ago you know it's a whole brand new um housing track and um so everybody after i would say maybe three or four months into moving in everybody on the block was throwing little parties inviting everybody over to get to know each other and uh, two or three houses down from us was uh, was this couple. They were older couple, um, and uh, they uh, they invited us over. And um, I'm trying to remember the, the the man's name, I was I just had it in my head too. Jerry, that was his name. Is Jerry, and his wife was Marie, and she was a full blooded Italian. And she was making homemade pizzas. Like she, like for that whole week, she had prepared things. She had dough ready. She had sauces ready, all that stuff. So by the time that the party happened, all she had to do was just take everything out and just like put together and throw in the oven. 
And at that time, I was it was probably about a year after I had my back surgery, and I was still kind of like getting used to being in the wheelchair. I was very self conscious. I'm still conscious today, still, but not as bad. But I just I did not like being public. I did not like being around a bunch of people. It was like I got very paranoid. I thought everybody was staring at me, right? So like, my mom and dad went down there, and they told me, you know, go ahead and just give them a give them a buzz when I'm ready, you know, when I built myself up to go down and say hello to everybody. So I did. It's probably like 40, 45 minutes, you know, after they had left. And I get in there and uh, Jerry's helping me in my wheelchair, you know, get up into his house and get up to the table. And he's he's barking orders out to everybody. Move out of the way. Move out. And this guy, he looked and sounded like Arn Anderson, the enforcer, double A Arn Anderson. Right. And he's barking or he's, get out of the way. We got we got a big boy coming in and this big boy's got a big appetite. <laughs> Just embarrassing the shit out of me, man. And so like when I was telling this story to my buddy Mac and he just got the giggles so bad and we just started imitating and going over exaggerating the scene and whatnot, you know, and just imagine like him, you know, pushing pushing me up and running over everybody like a monster truck on a traffic you know uh, on the traffic and move out of the way or a wide load coming through wide load coming through you know and then like i get to the table and his, his wife comes in and goes oh oh the big boy made it and i'm like oh god so he's like laughing jerry is and he's like we saved you a big pie for a big boy because we know you got a big appetite. It's, it's just, I, I'm thinking back, you know, 20 years later, and it's just hilarious. But at that time, I was very self-conscious about a lot of things, you know, because I'm a fat you know, majority of my life. When I was a little kid, I was, I was skinny as hell. But probably when I was like 10 years old, I started gaining weight, you know, got really big, been big since. So I was very self-conscious about that, self-conscious about the wheelchair because I was only been in the wheelchair for about a year at that time and he's just going on and on and on just yeah yelling out the word big big boy big appetite got a big pizza big pepperonis and big cheese and all this different stuff and when i told mac that you know what the guy looked like and sounded like you know Arn anderson and whatnot it made it even funnier because we were just, just cracking so many different jokes and it inspired me to draw a little cartoon <laughs> Of me sitting at a table about to dig into a pizza with a fork and knife, which is funny because I showed it to my brother the other day and he's like, well, that's a pizza in front of you. Why you got a fork and knife? It makes no sense. And I'm like, exactly. That's the it's absurdity. He just didn't get it. It's the absurdity of it that you're eating a pizza with a fork and knife. And you got a guy behind me like Arn Anderson. I drew Arn Anderson giving me a slap on the back saying, chow down, lard ass. <laughs> As you know, I'm I'm gonna put that I'm gonna use that as the as the thumbnail. I'm gonna use that as the the thumbnail here for uh, for this for this story. Um, because you know I I I like to take clips from the podcasts and put up on YouTube. So I think I'm gonna for this story I'm gonna use that thumbnail. But um, speaking of drawing and whatnot, uh, I don't know if anybody's heard this or not, but uh, the last couple of weeks I've been working on a special project that I finally announced the launch date for. Uh, how many of you are familiar? If you're listening to this, you know, hit me up on, on Twitter or, or Instagram at Ring Scoops. If you're listening to this on, um, on YouTube, 
uh, comment down below. But how many people remember the character I did, Bobby Spade, from No DQCAW? <laughs> you know, Bobby Spade's going to be a jelly jacket to say the least, baby. You know, that character, right? Of course, we raised the pitch a little bit on it, but it sounded a little different when it was all edited together. But yeah, I did a character for, for years on No DQCAW and, of course, Slam and Jam as well. And did, I think I did like one or two podcasts in the last 10 years as Bobby Spade. But I'm doing a comic strip for the character Bobby Spade, and it's called The Amazing Bobby Spade. And I'm going to read the synopsis for you guys that I wrote for it. Um, The Amazing Bobby Spade is a weekly comic strip following Brooklyn's favorite son, Bobby Spade. The series gives a glimpse of Bobby's daily life, perception of the world, and his wildest fantasies. From his gambling addiction all the way to his journey through the CAW world and beyond. It's the ultimate inside scoop on the world's biggest jilly jacker. The series will be divided into seasons, each season containing eight issues. The issues will be published on a weekly basis via the Bobby Spade social media, which on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is all at the Bobby Spade. And of course, the story and the artwork done by myself, that ring scoops guy, Wade Needham. And... Monday, June 1st, is the official launch of the Amazing Bobby Spade comic. And I got, um, I'm about halfway done right now drawing these out. So I got a month in the can right now. But I, I, I spend maybe six or seven hours on each of these. It takes me about a day, day and a half to get each of these done. So without a doubt, by the time that June 1st even rolls around, I'll have the other four done. But that's eight weeks. Once a week, every Monday, a new Bobby Spade comic strip will be coming out. So keep an eye out for that, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, I'll have a a page on ringscoops.com for that as well, in case you don't want to remember all the social media stuff and how to get it. Just go to ringscoops.com and keep an eye out for the Bobby Spade um, page that's going to be on there with all the information and, and whatnot. I'll probably put all the comics up on that, too. But anyway, I just wanted to let you guys out there know about that. But uh, that about does it for this episode of All Blown Up here on ringscoops.com, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you want to check me out on social media, interact with me, give me some feedback, whatnot, just discuss professional wrestling or video games, just have a good time, just chat it up. Uh, Instagram or Twitter, at ringscoops, and facebook.com slash ringscoops. Twitch.tv slash ringscoopsguy, YouTube.com slash ringscoops, and ProWrestlingTees.com slash ringscoops as well for Pro Wrestling, uh, for ringscoops uh, t shirts. We got the It's a Work t shirt. We got the Parts Unknown University t shirt, the Gorilla Position t shirt, and uh, the Have It Your Way Burger King homage t shirt as well for ringscoops. So check that out, ProWrestlingTees.com slash ringscoops. That's like that, and, you know, if anybody donates, like, on Twitch, that's really the only uh, the only income that, that ringscoops makes is just uh, purely by uh, by donation. Um, don't have any paywalls or anything. I'm not begging for money. I'm not necessarily asking for anything. But if you do want to show any support, there are ways to do it, and there are ways to uh, kind of give back to, to ringscoops, which – Anything that comes in for Ring Scoops goes right back out into the Ring Scoops stuff, if, whether it be for you know bills for servers, um, for new equipment, uh, you know, to 
put anything up on the website. So anyway, uh, that about does it, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, that's uh, it's all blown up for uh, Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I'm that Ring Scoops guy saying thank you, good night, and be cool. <laughs>